Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can for $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there, Pucks and Cups and From John to Justin. Now, Pucks and Cups has ended, but From John to Justin may be continuing past May as I look at opposition leaders in Canadian history. Nonetheless, you can find all on all podcast platforms. Today I'm speaking with Reagan Pasternak. You might know her because she's well known on Canadian television and she's appeared in many different shows over the years. But also she recently wrote Griffin's Heart, which is a wonderful book about coping with the loss of a pet. I've had pets my entire life and I've had a few of them pass away on me and it's never easy. But this book, which includes exercises, anecdotes and more, can really help with the process. So let's get right to the interview. Um, <laughs> So you, you wrote this book, Griffin's Heart, um, and it was about the, the, the death of, of your cat. So um, I'll kind of get into some various aspects of the book, but what brought you to the decision to write the book? Oh, so many, so many things. But um, uh, mainly it was, um, you know, I'm an actress and that's kind of where I've always put my focus and, and, um, and I've also always been an animal lover. I've always had multiple dogs and cats and, and I had this one kitty cat named Griffin and um, uh, one of my first animals as an adult, you know, you have them as kids with your family, but he was my, he was mine as a, you know, as a, I got him when I was about 24 and um, he was uh, just like a soulmate to me. And I don't know how else to say it, but he, he was just, I was madly in love with him from the second I saw him. He was a Devon Rex. He was, he was this weird looking kind of crazy personality. And um, I absolutely fell in love with this cat and he ended up, <clears throat> excuse me, having a heart defect and passed away when he was seven and a half years old. And um, it was so devastating for me. It was beyond devastating. It just wasn't going away. The pain, the feeling isolated, because as time was going on, I was like, I I'm not supposed to still be sad about this mm -hmm. according to society. Cause it's, you know, it's an animal it's, it's, and, um, I remember literally feeling like there was glass in my heart. It was, it, 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 and now after researching and researching grief, you there's there's an actual syndrome that's called broken heart syndrome. There's a mm -hmm. much fancier name for it, but um, but it's basically that's what it is. And and uh, my heart was broken. And and um, then on top of that, the 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 feeling isolated because I felt embarrassed, honestly, to keep talking about it. Um, was just compounding the problem. And, um, and I, I started writing down my feelings. I just started jotting them down and constantly just exploring what that meant to grieve an animal because I kept meeting other people who were like, I, I was the same, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was, it was harder for me when my dog died than when my, my, my father died or, you know, people <laughs> were saying these things to me that I was like, Oh, okay, this is not just me. And I am like, I am, I, I don't know if it's because I'm an artist, but I, I am constantly wanting to connect. I'm, I, I have this constant need to connect with people and on a, on a deeper level, if you will. But um, so I 
So I just kept exploring that idea and exploring the idea of grief and what does it mean to grief and how do you get through grief and what does it really mean to grieve an animal? So Mm -hmm. I just kept writing and writing and then I would stop and, and be like, I I didn't know what, I didn't know where it was going. And after a while, it just started becoming, the idea was that I didn't want it to just be a book. I wanted it to be a keepsake. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be interactive. I wanted it to be a journal and I wanted it to have places for photos and I wanted the author and me together. I mean, the author, the, I'm the author. <laughs> I wanted, the, <laughs> but, but, but I hope that the person buying the book or having the book mm-hmm. is also an author with me. And that's, that's basically why that slipped out because they're kind of doing it with me. They're going through what I went through and accessing different parts of my, your, your brain, which, which mm-hmm. was so fascinating to me, how the brain works through grief and the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. And um, yeah, and so so it just kept accumulating into this thing. And then, you know, two years ago, I really sat down and my husband even said to me, he's like, you got to finish that book. It's so <laughs> who you are, you know, it's and so mm-hmm. I just really buckled down and got really clear about what I wanted it to be. And um, yeah, and I just committed to finishing it. And, and it was actually such a great experience. It was maybe my favorite um, um, career experience I've had. And then uh, reading the book, uh, I, like I said, I can really relate to it because I've grown up with animals. And one of the first things that struck me was the cab driver saying, um, well, you know, get another one. And it, it's a very, uh, you know, it's like your toaster breaks down. So you get another toaster and it's, it's, it's not the same. It's, you know, you have, I have my dog who's, who's my best friend and, you know, you can't, you can't replace that. And so that was the first thing that kind of hit for me. But then uh, when you were talking with the doctor and everything, and they said the, that the cat can take on your, you know, things you're going through uh, and you were having trouble sleeping and, you know, it, it died because of its heart and you had dealt with a lot of heartbreak through your life. And that kind of helped you with, you know, finally get some sleep. So what was that like to kind of have that first bit of realization as you're grieving? Ah, uh, I, I, that's a great, that's a great question. I, I feel, I felt, um, so to expand on what you were just saying, I, I, I felt, um, so unrecognized from this kind of grief. And I, I ended up with insomnia and some anxieties. And I, I was kind of equating it to other things that were going on in my life, family things and work things. And um, then when I finally went to see a doctor just about sleep, um, she, this woman was amazing actually. And she kind of cut through it. And when I, and, and when I, she realized when I started to cry, when I was telling her what was going on, when, where I actually had a little bit of a breakdown, it was when I said, and you know, and also my cat died and that was really hard on me. And she just stared at me and really took it in. And she just said, you know, you know, and she said this, this, this spiritual thing that a psychiatrist <laughs> doesn't usually talk about, but she said, that there are cultures and religions that believe that an animal will take on the burden of their owner Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, because there should be a better word. Um, (laughs) But, um, and, and, um, and we'll take that on. And she said, you know, you've had a lot of heartbreak in your life and, and it's interesting that your cat died of a sick heart. Hmm. Interesting. And then she just kind of started telling me that I should learn how to mourn my animal. And I just felt completely validated for the first time. That was the, that was, that was the change in everything. That was, Mm -hmm. that was where I just thought this woman is, is a doctor and she's saying every grief, everything you grieve, every possible way you grieve, whether it's a divorce 
or a, a loss of a job or a human being loss or an animal loss, if you are grieving it, if you are feeling pain from it, it is grief and it needs to be explored and it needs to be recognized. And that to me was like, oh, what? My mind was blown. I was just, <laughs> oh, I just, I just, you know, I, I felt I had permission and that was, that was kind of what I needed. And that's what I wanted to give back to people. And then uh, going through the book, it's not so much uh, kind of recounting going through through a year loss and everything, but then you start having exercises in it. And you touched on it a little bit, but uh, what made you decide to have exercises and make it more of an interactive book rather than uh, you explaining what you went through to, to maybe help people? Yeah. So again, when I, when I first started it, I was like, is this a memoir? What am I writing? I didn't know what was happening. And because it took me such a long time to actually finish the book in that time, because I am the biggest bookworm and just constantly <laughs> am consuming every genre you can imagine of every book. You can hear my, my pack of dogs out there barking their faces off. Sorry about that. No worries. Um, <laughs> um, oh my gosh, they're going crazy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, um, but then, so then as time was going on, and I was reading about, you know, um, art, what, what art can do to the right side of your brain. And what does that mean? You're the right side of your brain. And um, for example, I'll say, so in their book, I have a little tiny part that says art therapy. So you, so I read a book called drawing on the right side of your brain, and it teaches you how to access the creative side of, of yourself and can turn people into artists, basically, who never thought they were artists. And it's, 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 it's an incredible book. I definitely recommend that book. And I just, and I would say, because I was consumed with learning about grief at the time, everything related to grief. I'm like, huh, I wonder how accessing the right side of your brain relates to grief. What if we did an exercise where we drew our animal? It just, even if it comes out terrible, it doesn't matter. You're still mm -hmm. accessing that side of your brain if you do it in the way that, um, that I, that I recommend in the book. And, and then at the same time, it's, an outlet the whole time it's an outlet and so music therapy it's the same thing you 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 think of a song that you even if you've never done that before i'm a music junkie so for me mm -hmm. i love i love music but but you know if if you think of a song and you actually allow yourself to immerse yourself in a memory of your animal and it, it sounds hard but it actually is freeing and and what ends up happening is you get unstuck from the sad part and you can hopefully through these exercises which is only, it's mainly in the center. If the, the book is in three sections, that's more the center section, but um, it's, it's kind of easing you through. And, and then at the same time, then you have this, this book that you have, and we tried to make it, we tried to make it, you know, good quality and, <laughs> yeah. and um, all environmentally friendly and all that stuff. So, um, so that somebody has at the end, this, this tribute, this little tribute that was a healing exercises, but it's um i don't like using the word closure because there's no ending mm -hmm. to any kind of grief but but in a way it is closure because you have freed yourself to feel however you want and that is that is that's um healing so yeah that's how i i started just incorporating everything i was reading into how does that how does that relate to grief and mm -hmm. how can we make this something that gets you into a lighter a lighter aspect of 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 your memories um, and in relation to, you know, the process of, of going through the grief, uh, like for me years ago, I, I had a cat and it passed away and then I got another cat kind of soon after. And I felt like I, I, I did like love my cat, but it wasn't, 
it was there was sort of a disconnect. How important is the grief between uh, between pets? Like it, get another pet, of course, but how important is it to 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 grieve that first pet to have that closure so that you can bring another cat or another dog or whatever it might be into your life and give it you know the, as much love and, and devotion as you gave the previous one. Um. Yes. So this, that's a great question too. Um, so the cover of the book, we have this, we have this, um, heart with the bandaid on it because <laughs> that's what I was doing after Griffin died. I got a, I took in this stray tabby that are, was on my friend's street. I went into a rescue. I got our dog because of that, the cat didn't fix it. So let's get a dog. A dog's going to fix it for sure. And, um, again, I loved, I loved those animals. I still have our dog or the cat passed away. The um, but the dog, the dog is, uh, the dog is still here, Jed, he's an amazing dog, but <laughs> nothing was fixing. And I loved them in their own ways, but nothing was fixing my pain from Griffin. <clears throat> so I don't, I will never tell somebody don't get, it, don't get it right away. Don't get the ne next animal. Cause some people, it actually is great. Some people mm -hmm. it works for, you know, some people that's great. And, and it's so individual. I don't believe enjoying another pet, um, is the same as being exploratory. Is that a word? Exploratory? Exploratory? Yep, yep. Yeah, exploratory about your grief. I think there, mm -hmm. those are two separate things. You can get another animal and there's so many animals that need saving and need homes mm -hmm. that I'm like, go for it, but it's not the same thing. And, and actually our, our cat who just passed away, I felt like because of COVID and I have my son and I have my animals and we're fostering these mama and kittens and, and I was doing a TV show at the same time. It was like, I just, I felt like I didn't grieve him. And I, I felt like he deserved better than that, you know? So we're kind of working through the book for, for that cat now, just to, just to give him a little, give him that energy that he kind of needs and deserved because he was a great cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. It though. does. I'm it does funny. actually quite a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> What is active remembering? So it's the difference between you're doing your dishes and all of a sudden the memory comes in of the pet you lost and you, oh, that's sweet. And then you're like, oh, you're called to take your kid to school or you're called to get to work on time. And the memory is, was there for a minute, but you didn't explore it. And you don't really, you know, it's still living inside you in that icky mm -hmm. kind of way, in a way, or, um, and active remembering, I believe, um, is exploring. And um, there's tons of places for journaling, um, contemplating throughout the book. And um, and I think active remembering is actually carving out the time, even if it's two minutes, just to go and, you know, oh, there's your doggy. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's my dog, yeah. Oh, cute. Um, so... Yeah, so it's just kind of carving out the time and actively taking a minute to write down a memory, um, write down, um, do one of the exercises that I, I propose and um, and deliberately remembering is kind of what I would say it, it is, yes. And then, give me one, one sec, Boris. Oh oh, <laughs> is his name Boris? Well, his name's Boromir, but I call him Boris. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big Irish setter, uh, Newfoundland oh my, cross. So oh he's my gosh. big, oh, big, so fluffy cute. dog. <laughs> oh, I love it. We have one of our dogs is a, uh, is a great Pyrenees. So we oh, get the nice. big fluffy dogs. She's a giant 20, 120 pound. <laughs> I love she's big fluffy dogs. They're, they're the best. <laughs> she's wonderful. She really is. 
Um, the next really kind of interesting thing I found in the book, and I'll try to pronounce this the best I can, uh, Huponopono. Uh, yeah. Tell me yeah. a bit about that. Okay, so the Ho'opo Ono. Ho'opo okay. Ono. It is, I, I'm, I'm probably somehow butchering it too. <laughs> no, I think it's Ho'opo Ono. And it is a Hawaiian um, prayer or, or um, practice, actually, is a better word, not than prayer. And it is, um, it's, it's almost a mantra just of releasing um, guilt or releasing or, or forgiving, forgiving, and you can use it for anything. Uh, again, I applied it to mourning an animal because that's what I was mm -hmm. consumed with, but I was learning about it for um, a lot of um, spiritual gurus use this and, and um, it's just a way of freeing up tangled guilt and, um, or, or even towards yourself, you know, you can mm -hmm. say this prayer, which is basically and you don't have to say it in this order, but it is, um, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And you can keep saying it over and over again. And if there's one of those phrases in there that doesn't feel good to you, don't say it, but it's, um, I'm sorry. Um, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you basically. And so if you get quiet and you just say those words, you start weird. I don't know how it works, but you, <laughs> you start feeling this, you start realizing that it's okay. And, you know, with, in, in terms with animals, there's so much, for some reason, it's something that kept coming up when I was talking to people about it, that, you know, sometimes when you have to put down your animal because they're suffering mm -hmm. or you, you question, did you do enough or you didn't take them to the vet in time or you fed them this food that gave them, uh, you feel like it might have uh, given them kidney disease or whatever it is. People, people for some reason, we, we do this as people, we cling to the negative often, you know, and, mm -hmm. and um, it's a common thing that we do. And so this is, I, I put that in there because I love that little practice and it's so simple and it's just kind of like a gentle way to forgive yourself or forgive somebody else. My husband's dog who passed away, um, actually his stepmom was supposed to be watching it and she was watching him, but he got out of his, he was like pegged in the backyard. His leash mm -hmm. was pegged. And he ended up getting, he ended up dying because he got hit mm -hmm. by a car, which is, which was, which was so tragic. And she's such a wonderful person. She would have, you know, she felt, she feels guilt to this day. And that was years and years ago. And, um, you know, it's one of those things. So you just, you know, there's all these weird things that happen with animals because, because there's no language with them. You, you're mm -hmm. always left not knowing, you know, and having all these tangled feelings. So Ho'opo Ono is a way to be gentle and forgive and that's empowering um humans have you know we've always loved our pets uh you know to varying degrees but do you think now we're, we're kind of realizing how important especially especially with COVID the past year and people mm -hmm. who live alone how important pets are in our lives whether it's a bird a dog a cat turtle whatever it is this companion that you have in your life are we starting to realize that more and more and then in turn realizing more and more the importance that it's okay to grieve for your pet. It's okay to even take some time away from work to, to grieve for something that was so important to you. Well, I mean, you're speaking my language. The, I, <laughs> I agree with all of that. Sorry. Now one of my dogs is in here drinking, lapping up water in the background. There's so many sound effects in this, in this episode. Um, <laughs> um, so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. That's exactly, I, I mean, I, I talk about that in the book. I say, I want to change the culture of grief. I, I, and I, um, I lost my mom a year ago, just over a year ago now. And, um, you know, I really learned because it was, you know, in the middle of finishing this book that she was so on board with. And, um, and I realized just even whether it's a pet or a, or a human, even it's, it, there is this culture of grief that you're just supposed to plow through it and get through and get back to wor- the world, you know, and it's just not realistic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not realistic. It's not healthy in my opinion. And I mean, of course there's, you know, you do have to get back to life. That's why you need to carve out time to grieve. And, and um, so, and during COVID it was so interesting because when I finished the book, which was actually just as COVID was starting, all these things were happening. COVID was happening. And, and I just thought, oh, it's, it's not right for me to put out the book now. It's, 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 it's insensitive. I, I shouldn't, I, I don't know. And then all this, you know, all the racial, um, injustices were brought to light and all these other things were going on in the world that I kept going, Oh, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. And then finally a friend who lost an animal was like, when are you putting it out? I, I need it now. I need it more than ever. I'm alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm alone. And I don't even now I really don't feel like I can talk about the loss of my pet because I am, you know, it, we're in the middle of this unbelievable time in, in, in the world. So I just thought, wait, what am I doing? This is what the whole book is about. It's about any time that you want to grieve an animal is okay. Anytime you're feeling lost, anytime you're feeling alone. And, you know, to me, I have a wonderful husband. I have an amazing child, human child. And my animals are incredibly important to me still. Like they are, they are my babies as well. And my son thinks of them as his siblings, you know, like they're, (laughs) I am. I am the person who just knows that, yeah, is it more work? Yeah. Is it sometimes more money? Yeah, it is. You know, it's true, but it's, it's never not been worth it to me when people are like, but then you can't just pick up and travel. I'm like, but this is so fulfilling to me. This is so completely fulfilling. They give you this special, beautiful, intricate love that we cannot, (laughs) we can't do it as people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just so different. It's so different. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I always feel that, uh, like they're, they're my dog or cat, but like, I'm their person, you know, where this, this partnership, it's not a a case of, you know, you're this possession of mine. So no, absolutely. I agree. Um, I saw one of your dogs peek behind your, your head there. What was its name? Luna. Wait, Luna. Luna. We call her nurse Luna because she (laughs) takes care of everybody. She's just in a wonderful, wonderful little being as I call them in the book. Um, and I guess, uh, how, what do you want people to get out of reading the book once they're, once they're done it? I hope that they have some peace. I hope that they feel like they did their animal proud. I really do. I hope that they have this feeling of, of again, that word closure, but I do, I do hope they have some sort of feeling like I, I, I actually did this tribute for my animal and for, and for themselves. And I hope that, you know, for me, what I got out of writing it and doing these, you know, coming up with these exercises and doing them myself was um, this sense of who I am and what it means to love an animal, what it meant to love that specific animal and feeling like I didn't just brush it all under the rug. And I hope that that's what readers get from it too. 
And then if people want to find the book, uh, if I, I know in the book you say, you know, they can reach you through that email address or the, the Twitter handle. But if people want to find the book, find you, talk to you, uh, just send you a message, uh, what can they do? So the book is, unfortunately, it's not on Amazon.ca yet because it just came out. We're only on .com, which makes it a bit more expensive for you guys in Canada. I'm trying to change that. But remember, <laughs> proceeds will always, part of the proceeds always go to uh, animal charity. So everything you, every time you buy the book, you're helping animal rescue. Um, and um, so that's where it is on Amazon.com. Um, you can check out more about it at griffinsheart.com. I'm on Instagram at Reagan J. Pasternak. And, um, um, and then anybody who wants to send me <clears throat> tributes, photos, anything about their animals, um, we also have a, a, a memorial page that's the Griffin's Heart book page on Instagram that I'm starting to collect people's stories so that um, we can have this little cyber memorial together where we honor our pets. I hope you enjoyed that interview, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can reach me through email at craig at canadaehx.com. You can also visit my website. We will find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And don't forget, you can support the podcast through Patreon. There are multiple tiers to choose from, all with great benefits. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month just like all of these wonderful patrons have, and I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Randall McCallum, Diane Wade, Lorianne Kirby, Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. If you want, you can find me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash CanadianHistoryX. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-E-A-I-R-D. And you can find me on Instagram. Just go to Bairdo37. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.